0: On today's episode of the John Campbell Show podcast, Giancarlo Aposito has just confirmed that he has been in talks with James Gunn for appearing in the new DCU sooner than you think. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal's Roadhouse remake getting an R rating. The new Marvel's movie coming out from Marvel has just put out a brand new trailer, and it's like they were listening to me and Rob complain about their trailers yesterday, because this is the best one they've done so far. Also... Taylor Swift this morning announced that her Eras tour is coming to theaters and they're already crashing movie ticketing websites, which I didn't see that coming. Anyway, also the Flash has completed its journey of failure with abysmal streaming numbers coming out of the gate. That and a whole bunch more the John Cabo Show podcast starts right now. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best and Mover Show on the Planet Earth, the John Campia Show Podcast. Coming to you from right here in our quaint little studio, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is, every day to have you, our international friends gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff, not just giving you our opinions, but also giving you some information and context so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different from ours. Uh, joining me in studio, we got Ray Aura. Hey, hey, hey. We got Jonathan Voico. Taylor Swift tickets, Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and... Continuing the birthday month yes. of Chris Carr. Chris Carr is here today.
1: Hi. Look what Ray got me, you guys.
0: Yeah. This is why you should be subscribed on YouTube so you can see Funkos. And ah. that's little Gimli, it's son of Bloin He's right there. Ray painted him. <laughs> did such a good job, too. He did a great job. And most importantly... You guys are here. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down by talking about those topics I listed off first. Then, the last part of the show, we're going to take questions from our YouTube channel members. If you guys are listening to this podcast, we also have a YouTube channel and we have a great supportive group of YouTube channel members. And every day they send in some topics and questions for us to address. All right. With that all down, guys, let's talk about this. One of the, I think it's fair to say, one of the most beloved guys out there in the movie business or TV business for that matter is Gene Carlo Esposito. Like there's, there's no division when it comes to Giancarlo Esposito ask anybody. Oh, I love him. He's great. <laughs> I mean, we got together with him recently, right in Los Angeles and the dude couldn't have been friendlier, nicer going out of his way, like thinking, Oh, is it even appropriate to shake his hand? And he pulls you in and gives you a great big hug. I mean, that's what he does. He's amazing, and people are loving him in the various projects he's doing. And there's been a lot of whispers about him lately when it comes to comic book movies. For instance, there have been a lot of whispers that he could end up being a Charles Xavier or a Magneto in upcoming X-Men films. Maybe, haven't heard those whispers in a while, but those have been out there. And then some speculation about who could he be if he ever joined DC. Well, at a recent comic convention... Giancarlo Esposito was on stage and somebody in the audience specifically asked him about whether or not he would ever consider doing, you know, something like a DCU, especially now that James Gunn is running it. And what he basically said, here's, here's a, an image of it here. I won't play the video just in case a copyright thing, but basically once asked that question, Giancarlo's answer was basically, well, I'll tell you this, me and James Gunn have been talking and maybe something will happen pretty soon. And that's all he said, right? He didn't confirm that he's going to be in it. But it also wasn't one of those things where we've heard Smart saying, yeah, me and that guy talked a year ago or something like that. It was, yeah, James Gunn and I have been talking about uh, maybe joining the DCU and you might be hearing something soon. Which is... Exciting to say the least. Now that of course gets our little fanboy brains running about. Oh, who could it be? Who could he possibly? Maybe a James Gordon. Maybe a Two Face. Uh, maybe more of a supernatural villain. Maybe a Brainiac. Maybe you could see like a Giancarlo Carlos as a Brainiac. Maybe another Green Lantern. We already know there's going to be multiple Green Lanterns out there. Uh, I I don't know. Whatever. I just know put him in it. I'm all on board, Chris. Number one, let's start with the harder to answer question. Do you think this will happen? And then would you want it to happen? And if it did, what could you see G and Carlos playing? It will happen. I want it to happen. <laughs> I'm torn on some roles, though.
1: Because Giancarlo has also come forward in interviews saying, I just want to play a good guy. You know, he plays villains so well because he's so good at it. He's though. so good at it, and him as a Lex Luthor, Ooh. I mean, come on, so so good. But he could also equally be an amazing Perry White. He could be an incredibly compelling. And it's mostly going to be CGI too, probably. John Jones. Right. Yeah. Him as the that detective voice. version of him as John Jones would be incredible. I mean, DC Two has such an incredible catalog of characters. By the way, Chris is
0: not talking about the UFC fighter. He, she's talking about the alias Martian of Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. There's
1: yeah. a UFC fighter with the same name.
0: A heavyweight champion Does uh, he John know? Jones. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Do they call <laughs> him the Martian Manhunter? Sports ball. Hi, buddy. You got you got to treat like Sag. You can only have so many names out there. That's okay? true. There can only be one. Highlander rules. One of you's got to go. So why me and that juicer lady are like. Well, one day, one day we'll figure out who's oh. the right Chris Carr.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned. That. I've come across her so many times when I'm doing. It's searches. why
1: people too will be like, "Wow, Chris Carr looks really, really great for someone who's pushing 60." And I'm like, "Well, that one's not me." But thank you so much. Thank you so much. She's way healthier than me, though. Oh my gosh. Um, but I think that there's having somebody of this caliber, too, is what DC needs. We've talked about this so many times before. The DC catalog is so great. It has so many rich characters. It's so wonderful. And, you know, the movies just haven't always sung like they should. And I'm really hoping that by getting these high-caliber writers, uh, actors, these wonderful writers, a whole bunch of people to really lift up the DCU, we can really give this IP what it deserves. Really great stories with really great
0: actors. Ray, I got a picture hanging on the wall of my theater room of you and a big picture of you and Giancarlo Esposito together. Oh, wow. You you obviously like Giancarlo. Like, could you see him being in something like the DCU? Do you think maybe he's getting too overexposed in the geek community stuff? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, no, I, you can never get enough of this
2: actor. I, I can't get enough of this actor. He terrifies me when he speaks like... <laughs> when he when speaks like you did something wrong and he's just saying nice things. There's like an eerie feeling I get just because of his tone. I love him as Brainiac. I never thought about that, like what you just suggested. That would be cool to me. I mean, wow. Like that 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 name didn't even come up. I do like him as Brainiac. But of course, the DCU can use an actor of his caliber in it, whether he plays a good guy or a bad guy. It would be interesting to see if he plays a good guy. Just because it'll be like...
0: He's been saying he's wanted to do that for a long time. Not
2: only do they get him in this universe, but him playing something completely different from what we're used to would be great, too. But it does
0: limit, right? Because who could, in in the hero side, who could we see him playing? Anybody. (laughs) But but really, on the villain side, we seem to have a laundry list that we could pull out that villains, but uh, other than maybe... Uh, Maybe a brand new character that isn't in the comic pages. Maybe a Green Lantern. I mean... Alfred. Hey, don't laugh. I mean, I... I was, and
1: he could. You've had
0: some of the all-time greats. Jeremy Irons, Michael Caine. I mean, the the people who have played Alfred Mm -hmm. is a Hall of Fame list of actors. Mm -hmm. I could totally see him playing a badass Alfred. I would love
2: that. Martian Manhunter, too. Yeah, Martian Manhunter is the one that seems great. Just because his voice in in itself... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I Even though
0: I think Martian Manhunter is the stupidest hero in the DC what? universe. The I know everybody Desire? gets so mad at me, when I I never liked Martian Manhunter. Come on. Get out anyway, of here. Get out of here. With that down, guys. <laughs> my show now. Let's move on to the next thing, shall we? You know, if you want to talk about dude movies, there, there's probably a bunch you can pull up, but one that most dudes will say is like on their repertoire is Roadhouse. <laughs> I fuck guys like you in prison. Like, well, there you go. There it is. There's the scene. And he ripped out his throat. All I can think, whenever I think about Roadhouse, I just think about Andy Dwyer doing the the rundown. Acting everything out. About about Roadhouse. I love Roadhouse. There's a lot of hair right there. That's a lot of hair. Oh my gosh, it's so
1: magnificent.
0: And it's like, be nice until it's time not to be nice. So good. Anyway. There was some whispers a number of years ago, back in my AMC days, that they were actually might have been collider days, but at any rate, that they were going to do a remake of it, but they were going to gender swap Dalton and Ronda Rousey Mm -hmm. was going to be the lead, which of course she could bring the physicality, but she can't act worth a lick. So that became kind of a problem. So it would be Haywire too. What's that? Haywire 2. It would be, it would be a haywire situation, right? <laughs> right, right Where right. they'd be like dubbing the voice. But then she lost the UFC championship and her name didn't have as much buzz and that kind of fell by the wayside. And then we heard whispers about Jake Gyllenhaal. Rake, I, and I believe Doug Lyman directing mm. it. Uh, Doug Lyman, my director in uh, Jumper, by the way. Um, but <laughs> that kind of slowly started to come together. And then at a recent UFC event, not all that recent, but they used a weigh-in, a a real UFC event weigh-in, to then film a fake one. Because this time, Jake Gyllenhaal is playing Dalton, but Dalton is a former UFC fighter, a former mixed martial arts fighter. And there it is. They actually filmed it at a real UFC event. And you can see freaking the 26-pack. Jake Gyllenhaal is rocking there. Give me a break. Even his love handles are muscles. I mean, look at that. Those lo- those are love handles, but they are absolutely muscles. Let's zoom in on that. <laughs> let's zoom in on these love handle muscles. <laughs> that must be prosthetics. <laughs> at any rate. But now there's a little bit of news because a lot of people were very convinced. And let's see, if you go back a few years, I was probably pretty convinced of this too, that this will probably be a PG-13 rate of birth. You can make it really violent. A lot of stuff you could do if you don't have blood. You can be very, very violent. It's going to be PG-13. Well, according to our friends at Joe Blow, this movie's getting an R rating. Uh, this, again, comes to Joe Blow, who writes, There's bound to be blood on the barroom floor when Doug Lyman's Roadhouse remake starts a rumble in theaters. According to FilmRatings.com, The update starring Jake Gyllenhaal is rated R for violence throughout pervasive language and some nudity Uh, today. (laughs) Today's roadhouse, remake rating clearly indicates that Lyman won't be holding back when the film punches its way into cinemas and Gyllenhaal's transformation into a chiseled behemoth won't go to waste. And I think we are actually going to see a throat get ripped out. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) I think we're actually going to see a throat get ripped out in this one. By the way, uh, still with its UFC connections, and I don't know what role he's playing. I'm going to assume he's going to play that role that gets his throat ripped out. Uh, two-time, two-division UFC champion uh, Conor McGregor is in this movie. Huh. And if all he's got to do is be that, because let's face it, the dude, whoever the name of that actor is who played that dude, it's not like he's a world-class thespian anyway. <laughs> so there's not it's not really a big level bar that uh, mcgregor's got to live up to not a lot of acting required there just some good physicality anyway i'm excited to hear this one's rated r it, w- it would have been fine as pg13 you can do a lot of physical combat without like gushing blood and it could still be thrilling but
1: you can really focus on how dalton's got that phd in philosophy <laughs> Making yes. him the perfect cooler.
0: <laughs> what do you think about
1: this? I mean, forwards, ever, backwards, never after. You rip a throat out. <laughs> you can't go PG-13 and give the people what they want. Some throat ripping good times. I think this totally makes sense, especially with the push for the UFC aspect of this, too. I think it's going to be very realistic violence. I mean, maybe the throat grip won't be super, super ah, realistic. Look how bulky realistic.
0: he looks, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he, he looks like a fighter. He looks yeah, like, he looks like your your a ass. UFC
0: fighter. Absolutely. You know?
1: And so I think this is definitely the right move. I'm wondering how much the Dalton character is going to remain intact, right? Of of that kind of philosophy degree, and that's why I can talk to somebody about you know philosophy and calm them down, or I can kick their ass. I'm interested to see. How I that hope part they pans keep out. that.
0: Look, like, I'm I'm all okay with new iterations taking liberties with characters and making updates and changes, but like that was such. That's a key part of that character. That's a foundational thing that makes the Dalton character so different from other stereotypical action movie lead characters.
1: You can still have that too in here. My only concern of it not being present was just kind of the um, the footage that was going around, right, of the weigh-in moments with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Of really getting in the other guy's face and not being a cool collected guy, which obviously that could be a moment. That could just be a thing in the movie, but it was, ooh, I hope he still retains that cool headedness and isn't just going to fly off the handle all the time. I I don't don't want it to be solely ass kicking. I want there to be some cerebral moments as well.
0: But a lot of UFC fighters will tell you that when that happens at weigh-ins and stuff like that, that's just to promote the fight. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that may or may not be. So we'll we'll see how this goes. I like this news. Uh, what about you guys? You like that this thing's going to be rated R? I'm going to tell you, I'm legitimately getting excited for this movie. I really like Doug Lyman as a director. Who doesn't love Jake Gyllenhaal? So, and I love the update that he was a former professional UFC fighter. I really like that. Whatever you guys think, let us know. All right, guys, listen. We still got to talk about this brand new Marvel's trailer. We got to talk about this just announced this morning and already selling out nationwide, this Taylor Swift Aerostore thing coming to movie theaters. And of course, uh, The Flash is uh, completing its circle of failure. Uh, That and a bunch more. But before we get to that stuff, we're going to take a second to thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of the John Cava Show podcast. My friends at DraftKings and my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, Mint Mobile. We want to thank a sponsor of this video, DraftKings. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 in college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years because change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code Can. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CAMPIA. The crown is yours. Problem call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 H O P E N Y or text H O P E N Y 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. CDKNG.co football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video. slash Campia. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Campia. And thank you again to our friends at DraftKings and Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, with that down, uh, let's move on to this, shall we? You know, it was just yesterday that uh, Rob and I were discussing and talking on the show about... You know, kind of the disappointment with the marketing for the Marvels up until this point. And, you know, Rob was mentioning, I don't even know if it's got me all that excited to see it at all. I said, the only reason I'm excited to see it, like, I liked Captain Marvel. I did. But the only reason I've got any enthusiasm to see this is because Ms. Marvel. Because Kamala Khan, I love her. and But the trailers have, I mean, they've been horrible. But we went through a laundry list of the things that we think they've been doing wrong. And a couple of the key ones is... They're not really focusing on the characters. And number two, you've got this big giant thing about clearly Monica has issues with, with Captain Marvel. And you've had, that should be a core foundational thing about this movie. And Rob and I talked about this at length yesterday about the fact that the marketing hasn't even touched it. Like even remotely touched on there's some personal issues between these two. And it's like, what are they doing? Well, here we are. 24 hours later and the Marvels has dropped a new trailer. And I was texting with Rob earlier this morning. It's like, it's almost as if they listened to our complaints yesterday and whipped this trailer together. Obviously that's not what happened, but I mean, it's like that happened and they put out what is easily the best piece of marketing they've had for this movie so far. A new Marvels trailer is now out And I'm not going to tell you it's the best trailer of the year or anything like that, but I think most people are going to agree. This is simply the best piece of marketing they've done for this particular movie so far. And they totally address those things that Rob and I were talking about. First of all, they really delve into the individual characters, right? Great stories start with great characters. And they really go through a progression of the three of them. By the way, and a lot of new footage, starting off with a shot of Captain Marvel flying through the galaxy with the cat sitting on her shoulder – Fuck cats, but that looked adorable. I love cats. That looked absolutely wonderful. I, I thought that looked great. And then you get, they finally start to get into the stuff about, you know, her telling young Monica, I'll be back before you know it, and blah, blah, blah. And then cutting to Monica, you disappeared. I got blipped. Mom died. Where were you? Like it's like, yeah, finally just start uh, start touching on this. This has got to be a key intercharacter dramatic thing that goes on in the movie. And they finally addressed on that and touched that this on Ms Marvel's mom, as Monica's describing her powers, what she do that's nice. Where's my daughter? I just I love that family so much. I would watch an entire movie of just the family sitting in their living room talking about their weekend. I I would totally watch that. Now has this trailer moved me from kind of making myself be interested in it just because Kamala Khan's in it to being wildly excited for this movie? No, I am. I'm still not wildly excited for the Marvels. but I'll tell you what, it has moved the needle. Like I, I am, I am now that I can honestly say, I am legit interested in this movie. I'm not going to pretend that I'm super excited for it still, but this trailer has done a lot to move me from my, you know, I'll say lukewarm feelings about it to, okay, now it's starting to look like something worth watching. Whether it is or not, whether the movie's good or bad, who knows? We won't know until we see the actual movie, but this trailer Best piece of marketing they've done so far. It has gotten me more excited for the film. Even if I'm not jumping out of my seat and buying my tickets for it already, it's it's a pretty good job. They did a good job. Chris, you had a chance to see this. I'm curious, where has your needle been as far as the Marvels up until right now? And, and has this trailer for you done anything to move that needle?
1: I've been interested in it. I haven't been over the moon about it, if I'm being completely honest, because Ms. Marvel has been kind of the pushing force for me as well. I really like Monica Rambeau. I think she was wonderful in WandaVision. And I did enjoy the first Captain Marvel movie. There were some issues with it, but overall I think it's a good it's one. It's a
0: middling yeah, MCU film. Exactly. It's it, not yeah. the
1: worst, but it's totally fine. It does a great job introducing the character. Great soundtrack. Love that.
0: Oh, it was. Yeah, really Um, good soundtrack.
1: But for the most part, it's been, okay, so they switch places. All right. Well, that'll be neat. This trailer shows so much of the importance of editing for narrative purposes. Yes. Because we really don't get too much new footage or new bits of dialogue or anything, aside from those little moments of the where were you kind of aspect of this. We don't really, we have the, it gets lonely. So we have Carol, not only as this defender of the universe, but a, a lonely human being still at the end of the day who feels kind of adrift and doesn't know who literally doesn't know who she is and is still trying to get that kind of sense of agency back of who she is and what her memories are and what her life was before this we see how her just being ripped from everyone really affected people like monica whose then life got turned completely upside down too because of the blip and her mother and everything we see you know Kamala just thrown into all of this, but it's not (laughs) the dream that she's wanted. She's only wanted to be somebody like Carol Danvers, And here she is with real world scenarios that have really shook her and made her life difficult. This did such a great job of letting me see, oh, we're going to find out this greater connection, not only through their powers, but through their life experiences. Mm. And that's when I think the Marvel movies have really sung in the past is when it has been, yes, this is about super people. Yes, this is about life or death stakes that could have intergalactic consequences but it's character driven storytelling and everything else is just icing but i need that foundation and i think this trailer at least gives me the promise of that if it'll execute on it we'll see but this makes me much more excited
0: i i agree with what you're saying especially mm-hmm. because you talk talking about focus on the characters and their their connection and all that kind of stuff like at the end of the day you know, Shang-Chi, which is one of my favorite MCU films they put out in the last number of years. At, the, at its core, it's about a guy in his very complicated relationship with his dad at, at the end of the day, really. And, and his connection with the side characters in this as well. The, one of the additional new pieces of footage in it, too, that I thought was really good, and I think it tells us a lot, is Carol sees Kamala's bangle. Yes. Goes, Where did you get that? And she explains, so clearly that's going to be a major MacGuffin in the movie as well. So that's some of the things that really excited me about it.
1: For sure. Do you mostly dislike cats because you think all of them are flirtkins, or do you just don't like cats? If
0: they were flirkins, I'd like them a lot more. Fair Let's enough. Just not bring it up. You, you know what flirtkins are? Flirkins. You know what cats are? Here's you, what cats are. You, you, you brought this up. I'm so sorry, You're Jonathan. For this. Cats are your overly alcohol dependent. Disappointment of a cousin that your family doesn't really like to talk about very it's much, like dogs, who just has to come and live at your house because they're family, but they're just a pariah, and they just are. What's the word? I'm. They're parasites that just kind of live off you and don't actually contribute to anything. Well, listen, I
1: wasn't going to pay for That's rent cats. in Florida during my internship, I, I and have, I did what I, I, have, I did. I
0: have, I have dogs too, and let me tell you, and I've had dogs my whole life. They don't do shit. Dogs bring joy. They lay on they their ass and
1: house. Lick the balls. I love them. Oh. I think cats are just angry because we stopped worshiping them.
0: Mm. I would be too. It's yeah. true. Maybe they are pissed off still. I'll give them that. All right, with that down, guys. We got to talk about this. We did a short video about this this morning and there have already been in the last hour and a half since we did a short video on this, there have already been some major developments. Okay, let's just start (laughs) with the beginning. They announced this morning that Taylor Swift, who is in the midst of her Eras tour, that just sold out five nights at Los Angeles's SoFi Stadium, which is gargantuan in size and you couldn't get a nosebleed seat for 800 bucks at that I mean it was absolutely nuts this tour that's going on they have announced that they have developed and they've made a concert movie out of it and that they're going to put this concert movie in theaters on October 13th that announcement came this morning and it's not one of these Fathom events one night only no it is a full theatrical release And I said this morning, I said, if you don't think, I said, I don't care what you think about Taylor Swift. I don't care if you're a fan of her music or not. If you don't think this is going to sell some movie tickets, you are sorrowfully naive, like head in the sand kind of naive, completely disconnected from reality kind of naive. Well, it turns out I might have been a little bit of that naive, too, because one of the things I said, I said, this is going to sell a lot of movie tickets. I said, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's going to make $75 million opening weekend. John hates Taylor Swift. John hates it, which <laughs> would be, by the way, more than Black Adam made in its opening weekend, more than, well, a lot of comic book movies made in their opening weekends. It would have been a lot more. But I, I said, probably won't make 75. I got to eat those words just an hour and a half later, because I'm starting to think it is. Because we've got reports rolling in. I've had a number of people email me already just in the last hour and a half saying, John, I actually went to go get tickets and the AMC site wouldn't load. We are, we're getting like little smatterings, not kind of Avengers Endgame level site crashes, but small service interruption crashes happening. And then Ray said, I, I said to Ray, it's like <laughs> just go check out our local AMC theater. And just see what's happening with the first screening. Remember, they, did, they didn't even announce this thing was happening till this morning. It's not just that the tickets went on sale. They've never even announced this. Nobody knew this was coming. And I said to Ray, uh, go check the first screening at our local theater. This is what we got. Every seat sold except for a couple of the handicapped seats. That's it. it was already sold out. And we aren't the only ones. Because this is the topic of today's Mint Mobile Hotline Question of the Day. If you guys have a question or topic for our show and you'd like to hear your voice on our show, go ahead and call our Mint Mobile Hotline number anytime at 951-268-4259. And this one is about the Taylor Swift movie coming and the experience some people are having. Listen to this. Hey, John. It's Jared from Atlanta calling it. I opened up my AMC app on my uh, phone. Because I want to see
1: what they were showing on Sunday at my local theater and I saw that Taylor
0: Swift is doing a theatrical event involving her current tour, the Eras tour. And out of curiosity, I clicked on it and I counted up the 35 show tons near me that were almost full, including one that only had Handicap feeding available. What are your uh, thoughts on this? And uh, have a wonderful uh, day and week. Movie theaters across the nation are selling out a month and a half before this thing hits theaters. Not just on the day that tickets became available, but that they even announced this thing was a thing. This is crazy. And I think I have to instantly walk back on that thing where I say, yeah, this thing's going to sell a lot of tickets. You're dumb if you don't think so. I mean, not 75 million. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm starting to think this thing is going to pass 75 million. I've got a bunch of people writing in comments already saying, John, this thing's going to pass Barbie. I don't know that I believe this is going to pass Barbie. Uh, remember, because I think this, this theatrical event is only happening in the United States, so it's definitely not going to get 1.2 billion in the United States. But I mean... I don't know, maybe it could catch Barbie for its domestic run. I don't know. But listen, underestimate the sheer number of Swifties in this world to your own peril. Uh, This is going to be big. And you know what? The movie theaters are super thankful for this because right now they got a bunch of movies in theaters that the actors can't go out and promote. They're suffering from that. This is going to do nothing but make money hand over fist from them. And Jonathan, I don't know if you got the image of that. AMC Theaters is already prepped for it. They've already got their collectible Taylor Swift <gasps> Air Store popcorn buckets and cups. Jonathan, and if them. you don't think these are going to get sold out in the, the blink of an eye, you're crazy. And then these things are going to pop up on eBay for like 300 bucks a shot. These are going to sell it like crazy. Movie theaters are going to make money hand over fist on this. And this is just great. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why I love this. And I mentioned this when we made this short video earlier today. Is that I actually quite like concert videos or concert movies. We don't get a lot of them. And I'm hoping if this is a really big hit. And granted, you can count on one hand the number of musical acts in the world that are as big as Taylor Swift. But if this is a big hit, it may open the door For other, like, iconic bands that do a big tour, maybe getting a concert thing done and put it in theaters. I mean, if this thing can work, who knows, yes or no. So this is a, number one, marvelous idea. And number two is going to make so much money. It's insane. Chris, you heard about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's your take on this whole thing?
1: Man, Barbie, Beyonce, and Taylor Swift just, just saving the economy. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. I, I am a Taylor Swift fan. I'm not a die hard enough fan to have ponied up cash for one of these concerts, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Uh, that doesn't sound like the way I want to spend my time and money. But seeing it on a screen with other people, I am very, very excited about. And I do think it will have that Barbie phenomenon of having it be an event that you and your friends go to. Mm-hmm. People are going to dress up because Taylor Swift is also promoting that. Get your friendship bracelets, wear your era's outfits, go to the movies. You can pre order your tickets now. So you are going to see people, again, dressing up for the movies, meeting each other up, making this a big to-do. Um, I was panic texting my friend because her birthday is October thirtieth 13th and we were talking about this <laughs> this morning where it was like, oh my gosh, this would be such a fun birthday thing. <laughs> Tiffany, maybe we need to get the tickets today. Maybe we yeah. need to do it right now. Yeah. Uh, um, so It might
0: now. be too late already.
1: Um, my regal's still okay. <laughs> my regal is already. Right. Thanks. Like it's too late. Um, <laughs> They're already here. But yeah, it's wild, though, seeing. There was also a lot of, you know, oh, no, AMC this time can handle the ticket sales and everything. That's already been crashing. That's already been going down and stuff. So Taylor Swift just breaking ticket centers left and right. I think (laughs) this will make tons and tons of money. I really do. And before anyone gets their panties in a twist, this also was a film that had an interim agreement. um, So people were allowed to work on this as well. Right, because it's not an
0: AMPTP project. exactly.
1: So this one is totally, totally kosher to be working on. But is
0: anybody in... SAG or the WGA involved with this I movie? I don't think Someone so, said, but yeah, she S- was
1: Taylor Swift. I believe. I mean, might she be has been in a couple of movies but, movies, but I
0: don't know. If, I, I guess guess she'd have to join SAG to be in those yeah. movies, Babylon so maybe? and
1: things like that too. But yeah. either
2: way, it's not a MPTP or not Babylon.
1: Babylon. Excuse me, Amsterdam. She was Amsterdam, in Amsterdam, right? Um, but I know that started going around too. And don't forget like,
0: Cats. She was <laughs> in Cats. Oh, I try yeah. to forget
1: Cats every day. And if you like Cats, great. I love that for you. But. Where are the buttholes? So I think this is is a good thing for movie theaters. And I think movie theater owners are going to be over the moon about having something like this in their theaters. They're going to be so excited to have people coming in.
0: Uh, Okay. You pointed out that, you know, you'd think AMC would be ready for it. Listen, in AMC's defense and any other sites that might be having trouble with this, even I, who earlier today said, this is going to sell a lot of tickets. Even I didn't think that we would be going onto our AMC apps now and finding everything's already fucking sold out.
1: Her following is so ginormous. That is the technical scientific term for it. It's a buttload of people. And regardless of your feelings- and they're passionate. They're so passionate. Regardless of how you feel about Taylor Swift too, there is no denying that she is one of the most important and influential artists of this time. If you don't like her music, if you don't vibe with it, that's totally fine. But she sells music like hotcakes she writes everything herself she has an incredible work ethic she's been directing her videos too that makes that foray into directing later seems so much more natural i mean that's how david fincher started she works so freaking hard and people flock to her so this is just the beginning of these ticket sales this to is going sold out today
0: that the week after her latest album came out the one with antihero which by the way Again, I'm no Swifty. Andy Hero is a hell of a a song. song. It's like it's a brilliantly written song. But the week after that album came out, I it has never happened in history. I don't think it'll ever happen again. All ten spots on the top 10 charts were all songs from her new album. Yep. I have never seen that in my lifetime. Where number one, number two, number three, number four, all the way through number 10 was all Taylor Swift's this, Taylor Swift's that. I think Michael Jackson had beat it and Billie Jean at number one and two at the same time. But and maybe that's happened more times than that. But I mean, the top 10, all 10 spots. That's not telling you she's great. That's telling you what Chris has just said. She's wildly popular, wildly popular. And she means a lot to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And this thing is going to be even bigger than I thought it would. And I thought it would be big, but I don't know that I thought it was going to be. Like, here we are the morning that they've announced it, and it's selling out everywhere. It's totally bananas. Anyway, all right, guys. With that down, let's go on and talk about this, shall we? You know, the story of The Flash, DCEU's The Flash, is a tale of failure. Uh, on many levels i mean listen you know i thought it was a very good movie i really enjoyed the film so i'm not saying this as a hater because i really enjoyed the film i thought it was really fun so it is somebody who really enjoyed the film i'm telling you this is a story of failure it was a failure from the moment it began 10 years ago right remember when it came out of the gate they announced that they were making a Flash movie on the debut of the CW Flash show, to which Stephen Amell. I re- I remember this because Stephen Amell was in my studio and we were talking about this. And Stephen Amell said, "This is a huge mistake for them. They just crapped all over, you know, Grant's new show by announcing this movie on the same day that they're launching the show. Like, so it was already it launched in kind of a little bit of controversy. Then nine and a half years of incompetence." and failure that they couldn't get the damn movie put together. <laughs> it's been 84 years. They went through nine and a half years of incompetence of not being, along the way, they had a couple of really good screenwriters and a couple of really good directors. And because of their incompetence, they lost them. And then when they finally got around to making their movie, well, first of all, the DCEU had already kind of been run into the ground by that point, And it was The audience had already abandoned it, but then they get in the process of making it. And as soon as they get done the, the initial principal photography on the movie, Ezra Miller decides to go completely nuts. And we had all the, the stuff that went on with Ezra Miller. So, I mean, right from the beginning, nearly 10 years ago, then it had a pretty disappointing opening weekend. And then despite having a pretty, lackluster opening weekend, it dropped over 70% in weekend two and it couldn't even make 300 million dollars at the box office. In an era when we've had comic book movies make that much opening weekend. it couldn't make 300 million. I think what did it end up with, Ray? like 260 I want to say 268 million. That's what I'm guessing. I think it came in at 268 million. Well, this story of failure, of the flash again i'm no hater i like the movie a lot but this story of failure is it was yeah. two, six, yeah. two okay, 268 okay so i had it right on the nose so it has now written its finer, final chapter because there was still some talk out there that maybe once it drops on max it'll get this huge flood of people watching it not so much this comes to us from ign according to deadline the Flash was streamed by just 1.1 million U.S. households during, the, uh, during in the two days after its debut. That is an 8% decrease compared to Black Adam's 1.2 million household. And if you guys remember, when Black Adam made its debut, there was a lot of art- articles about how disappointing that was at the time. This... Was even worse. Mediocre reviews and a dismal box office return spelled trouble for the black for Black Adam, which reportedly lost up to hundred million dollars. By the way, I also like Black Adam. I thought the Flash was better, but I liked Black Adam. Uh, the film earned a modest three hundred ninety three. This is again Black Adam million worldwide, and it uh, seemed that even Dwayne Johnson couldn't save the faltering DC superhero flick. Thing is, it's not just the faltering DC superhero flick; it was the faltering DCEU. We've gone over many times that in the past five years. The seven DCEU movies that have come out, none of them have made more than 400. I only think two of them made more than 300. Mm. There hasn't been an MCU film that has made under 400. I mean, it, just think about that in that time frame. it, And now The Flash has written its final chapter. It's now had its streaming debut and nobody was interested. And you know what? I'm a little bit guilty of it because I didn't watch it either when it dropped on streaming and I'm somebody who likes the movie. I I probably will watch it again. I'll probably curl up in the theater room some night here in the next couple of weeks and sit down and watch Flash again because I don't care what any of you rest of you say. I thought it was really fun. but uh, Mainly just Chris. I liked it too. uh,
1: I love that you guys liked it. (laughs) Good for you. I'm going to put so much spiced rum in this mug because I'm never going to have to talk about this movie again. Yeah, that might be it, right? (laughs) This might be the last time we ever have to
0: talk about The Flash. (laughs) all Super Chats now are going to be like, Chris, The Flash. So, I mean, that's it. Final chapters are written in the book of failure. Dun, dun, the final dun, chapter dun, is done. Dun, dun, Close dun. it up. We can now do the post-mortem on Flash later, mm. I suppose. Anyway, Chris, you know, some people, and I understand because there have been movies that have struggled, and then they hit streaming, and then suddenly a whole bunch of people watch it streaming, right? Yeah. Some people thought maybe that could happen with Flash. It clearly didn't. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Are you surprised, not surprised, indicative of just the whole mess it's been? You know,
1: it probably is indicative of the whole mess, but I am pretty surprised because, you know, there were a lot of people who did that. Well, I'm not going to see this because I don't want to support this movie because of Ezra Miller, which, right. you know, decide however you want to move through your life. If you want to vote with your dollar that way, you sure. I went and saw it. I didn't love that movie, as you guys know, but I also wasn't as completely abys- as abysmal as I thought it would be. I enjoyed the Keaton of it. I love, love Supergirl. Yeah, You me know, too. I-, I want more of Kara. I want more of this Keaton. Um... And, you know, some of the comedy, the the talk about the whole, like, how time travel worked with the roommates. I loved that. Oh, yeah. I thought stuff like that was fun. And I wish we had more of that. The movie just didn't work for me.
2: The guy when he sticks uh, up his leg. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. That, yeah, that uh, was their great. their
1: physicality was so great. But, you know, I figured a lot of people who said, I'm not going to watch this movie on principle, then would... Well, I mean, it is on Mac, so I guess I'll watch it and then would begrudgingly watch the movie. Begrudgingly, right? Everyone who was like, I can do this from the comfort of my own home and still seem like I have morals. (laughs) Just watch a movie if you want to watch a movie. I really figured a ton of people would do that. And I'm very surprised that people didn't. I truly, truly am. I honestly thought it might find its footing on streaming. I do think that a lot of people just decided they didn't want to see this. And then it definitely did not help that reviews were so lackluster of everyone talking about the CGI, talking about how the story didn't really fire on all cylinders for them. I think all of the press surrounding it, the film itself, really not the Ezra of it all, because if we're going to talk about our average movie going audience, perhaps not everyone knows about the Ezra Miller situations. Some of that leaked into the, like the Today Show and things like that. So that's how yeah. I, like I kind of judge it by is, well, my mom knew about Ezra Miller. <laughs> so that means probably most people do. <laughs> she doesn't watch most movie shows, including this one. Thanks, Mom. But I figured that, you know, people would still tune in. And I just think that, that everyone kind of gave up on this one because it just didn't sound like it was a great DC movie. And it also comes back to people just don't really care about this part of the DCU anymore. The DCEU, I should say.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the very... look, even if we look at Flash, right? It still had the majority of critics liked it at 63%. Most of the audience liked it that saw it at 83%. And I do believe there were some people that didn't go to see it because it was a principal thing about Ezra Miller. By the way, that I'll never understand. They shot the movie before the Ezra nonsense started. So what, you wanted to punish the movie studio and punish the thousands of other people involved because of something Ezra did, number of things that Ezra did after they shot most of the movie? That to me never made any sense. That being said, but I really still do believe it's a. the bigger problem was that it wasn't specific things about Flash itself. It was the entire DCEU. Like, you know, we've gone through the list all the time about the box office numbers. It's it's clear. The data shows. Nobody's interested in going to see a DCEU movie. Even when they had one with the biggest movie star in the world, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that movie only made about $390 million. That's it. Shazam 2, which was a nice little film, wasn't as good as the first Shazam, only made like $130 million, period, done. I mean, it, it just, again, and I think pretty soon we're going to be able to not just close the chapter in the book of failure of The Flash, but we're going to be able to close the chapter of the last 12 years of what they tried to do with the DCU. A DCU that, by the way, never once in its history found its footing. Uh, maybe with the first Wonder Woman film, maybe with the success of the first Aquaman, but that was it. Everything else they ever did always underperformed. And it's uh, time for them to move on. Speaking of moving on, we are now going to move on to start taking questions from our YouTube channel members. But before we do and get to that, I don't know if you noticed this really nice, by the way, single most comfortable long-sleeve shirt, button-up long-sleeve shirt I have ever worn. A new sponsor here on the show, our friends at Marine Lair. Guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Marine Lair. All of us as guys are always looking for shirts that look good, but more importantly, are comfortable. Now, I want you to imagine the softest thing you've ever worn, and that's Marine Lair. Marine Lair is the go-to brand for great fitting and stylish closet staples. Based out of California, where we are, Marine Lair clothes are that perfect mix of laid-back style that also looks and feels premium. And these t-shirts stay soft no matter how many times you wash them. It's time to invest in a wardrobe that will actually last for a limited time, our listeners and viewers get an exclusive 15% off discount with the code CAMPIA at MarineLair.com. Like many of you guys, when I looked at Marine Lair's website, I could tell how good their clothes looked. But it wasn't until I got my hands on them and actually put them on that I knew just how unbelievably comfortable they are, which for me is the most important thing. And guys, how many times have you felt that you were in between sizes when buying clothes? What's cool about Marine Lair is that they have in between sizes. You finally no longer have to make that difficult choice between medium and large and extra large. I think we can all admit that the perfect tee is hard to find, but look no further than Marine Lair. For a limited time, get 15% off with the code Campia at MarineLair.com. That's Campia for 15% off your entire order at MarineLair.com. Saving your closet one shirt at a time. And thank you to our friends at Marine Lair for giving me this awesome, comfortable shirt and for being a sponsor of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast. All right, guys. With that down, let's move over to your questions that our YouTube channel members have sent in, shall we? Chris, what do we got up here?
1: From Sam Fisher. So tell me, John. Now that you finished suits, have you started watching Psych? In the words of Ed Lover, "Come on, son."
0: No, I got way. I got way too <laughs> <Ed> much. <lover. laughs> I have way too much. I have to get still get. I haven't even started watching season three of Warrior yet. Um. So I am. I've got too many other things. Look, at some point, I'll probably. What's it called again? Psych. I've been having people tell me for years I should check out Psych. It's great, and, but I'll be on, and I'm interested. I want to, but I'll be honest with you, it's it's probably still a long ways off before I'm able to get around to it. All right, what's next?
1: From CJ Rebirth, have you guys seen DreamWorks' Road to El Dorado movie? I grew up with it alongside Prince of Egypt, and think it's one of the uh, one of their underrated films. It had the voice work of Kevin Klein, Kenneth Branagh, and Rosie Perez. Yes, it's a great movie.
0: I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't love it. Yeah. It's not one of those movies, I didn't go, oh, that always sucked. Mm-hmm. No, it was a movie I watched once. And- I remember
2: calling it Road to Smell Dorado.
0: Whoa, <laughs> <Wow>. what an <laughs> edgy, edgy kid. <laughs> um, I, but I never watched it again. I never did watch it. But, but you you have a, a deeper appreciation for it?
1: Yeah, when I watched it again when I was older and went, oh, this had a lot of adult humor in it. Mm.
0: Maybe that was part of it. Yeah. All right, what's next?
1: from Matt. I got tickets to see The Dark Knight in theaters pretty close to where I am in San Francisco. Nice, A special one-day showing. I'm super excited. I've never seen it on the big screen. What's your favorite scene of the movie?
0: Well, actually, I believe they're re-releasing the entire Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. I oh. believe they're going to be oh, getting cool. a short oh. little, more like a Fathom Events kind of thing. Right. Um, release of those films. My favorite scene of The Dark Knight is probably... Uh, the making the pencil disappear magic trick scene. Ooh. In the uh in the back room Ooh. of the restaurant with the mobsters. I really love that scene. Well, a funny fact, I have a Blu-ray player in my
2: car still because I had like one of those I remember one of the yeah. things the disc that's in it right now is the Dark Knight. And it's because every time like I just want to uh watch them. it's just at the beginning, right at the beginning, because the the then 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 the the sound and then you see uh the back of Joker's hand holding the bag. Yeah. And then just that whole sequence in the beginning is my favorite. I always get to the point where he makes a speech to um, um, the bank teller, right? Uh, stranger, you know, whatever. Like, and then I just rewind it all the way back to the beginning. I just love the sound and the the. Ray has never thing. seen the full movie. Yeah, yeah I've but never he's seen, seen the bank
0: pie scene a How thousand times. How do you get to that? And then you just well, don't see the full
2: movie. No, it was, it, uh, that.
0: Will, Newton Mayhem is about to replace that Blu-ray. <laughs> it, took, it took 20 years, but he's about yeah. to have a new movie replace it. All right, what's next?
1: From Aaron, every theater in Queens and Manhattan is sold out for the first day of Taylor Swift's concert movie. Um, what? I, Taylor. I, I,
0: I, I thought it was going to be a hot take and a controversial take when I said on the video we made earlier this morning, if you don't think this is going to sell tickets, you're naive. Right, And I thought that was going to be a hot take. Uh, but this is way beyond even what I thought. I mean, I thought this is going to make a lot of money. This is going to be a hit. They're going to sell out of all the, the merchandising, blah, blah, blah. But everything is selling out. This is On great. the morning, They like. remember, this isn't like, okay, we know this new Avengers movie is coming. And then we know that for about a year. And then three or maybe two months before the movie comes out, they announce it they didn't even know this thing was going to be a real thing until this morning, and already everything sold out. Yeah. By the is... time we're done, by the time this video goes up, you may be shit out of luck seeing <laughs> this. If you're a Swifty and want to see this thing on opening weekend, you may be straight up out of luck. I mean, I I don't know. This might be the biggest opening weekend yeah, of yeah. the year. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I didn't think that an hour ago. It's going to break records. Some record.
2: It's going to break some sort well, of record. Well, th- there's
0: going to be a number of records that will break. It will obviously break record for biggest concert movie opening of all time. It's going to break. But, but look it up. What is the biggest? What was um, Super Super Mario Brothers, I still think, still has the biggest opening weekend of the year. I think Super Mario Brothers is the biggest opening weekend of the year. So what was the opening weekend? The opening actual three-day weekend for Mario Bros. Um, um, let's see. Uh, box office Mojo. Let okay, me. You're go.
2: But you know what, John? Like the thing is, not only that, but the theater when this thing is playing, it's gonna be rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's gonna affect the other people trying to watch other movies during the time. They're, They're pretty, probably...
0: movie theaters are pretty good at yeah. sound insulating their it, thing.
2: This is gonna be one of the first things where if I if I actually went to go see it, that uh, you you can't. Sh- anybody because okay. everyone's going to be singing along
0: all That's right so, movie, yeah, so and they will sense. be singing along you're right so barbie was actually the biggest opening weekend of the year at 162 million opening weekend uh super mario brothers had 146 okay it it damn well might be the biggest opening weekend of the year earlier today i was like i mean don't get me wrong it's gonna be big but i want to get 75 million well i i no i i was wrong I was very wrong. It's, it's going to blow past 75 million. It might actually be the number one biggest opening weekend of the year because everything's already sold out. I mean, it might make like 100 million opening weekend, which would still be like top five biggest opening weekends of the year, which would be crazy. But this is nuts. Anyway. All right. And the nuttiness, I think, has just started. All right. What's next?
1: From Alan, I can't be a crew. Shows like The Office and Park, Parks and Recreation didn't have the best first seasons. True. And their season twos were fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that happens with She-Hulk season two. I love the cast and characters of the show, so I believe the potential is there.
0: See, I was lucky that, well, no, I was, because I was a fan of the, the British version of The Office, I, I did try The Office season one, and it was fine. I mean, it was fine. It just really picked up. I'm lucky that I got on board with Parks and Rec well after it started. Like I was, it was in season, I think starting season three when I started with Parks and Rec, because I don't know that I would have stuck with Parks and Rec if I watched season one, when it first came out, we talked about this the other day, Uh, Chris, there's, there are reports going around that Disney is looking at doing a She-Hulk season two. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that I think She-Hulk season one was pretty abysmal because it's a comedy. That's not funny. I would be actually quite excited for a season two Because I think all the potential is still there. If they take a big broom and sweep out that writer's room, disinfect it, wipe it down, bring in some actual comedy writers with some television comedy experience, I think a season two of She-Hulk could be fantastic. So I hated the first season, but I'm all for season two. I don't know, what do you think? I
1: didn't hate season one. I thought there were a lot of missed opportunities. Um, it was, it was a Celine Dion song. You know, there were moments of gold. There were flashes of light. There were things I'd never do again. (laughs) And the moment they seemed right. Sure. (laughs) But I think that if people allow it to have a sophomore season and give it the opportunity to, to actually tune in, that's what I mean by allow it, give it another chance, see what happens. I think they could learn a lot from what happened the first season. I think part of it too, there was a lot of doubling down reactionally on social media about season one of like, well, you need to wait for the next three episodes when we're talking directly to you about how you feel about this and all your bullshit that you're putting on the internet, which became a really great commentary about how TV works right now. Mm. But I think, I think it was a little too, it felt reactionary to the kind of critiques it was getting at the time. So I'm hoping it can just kind of learn from those growing pains and be a better show.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I get it too, because a, a lot of the reaction to the show was, Pre-written by a bunch of dark hole living losers. Yeah. Um. So I, I can get reacting to yeah. that, but and, and I say this is somebody who hated the. I was going to say, season. and there's
1: definitely reasons to dislike this yeah, show.
0: 100. There were, but a lot of the bullshit that came out of yeah. some of those darker, shadier holes of loserdom, it was kind of pathetic. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right. What's next?
1: From Jay Superboy, hey John, it's game day for Wheel of Time season two. Any interest in the series at all? Or, in your words, couldn't give two squirts of urine. LOL, keep it filthy.
0: Which one is, because there's two different ones. There's
1: Wheel of Time. His Dark
0: Materials, Wheel of Time. Wheel of of Time's on Amazon with Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike. Okay. I did like the first season. And the ending of the first season, when, like, I, I wasn't aware of this. So, like, when they suddenly do a big time leap at the end of that, I. It didn't, it felt out of sorts with the rest of the season, but I was actually on board. I mean, I didn't love the show. Don't get me wrong. I did not love it, but I was on board with it. And yes, I will be watching the next season. And I, it doesn't hurt that I love Rosamund Pike. I love her. All right, what's next?
1: From Ulatan, have you seen the last season of Jack Ryan? I was really impressed by Michael Pena. He plays a special ops soldier. In the first episode, there was a scene when he exchanged dialogue with another character and he was terrifying. Penny has more range as an actor beyond comedy. I wish Marvel would use him more.
0: Well, all, all you had to do is see end of shift yes. to know how good he is dramatically. And a lot, yeah. I mean, look, Michael Penny is a terrific mm-hmm. actor. Even in Nar- Nar- Narcos. Uh, oh, he's so good in Narcos. But I love the way Marvel uses him as, as uh, Luis. He's He is gold in that role. I just don't know why Marvel doesn't use him at all. Um, I did not watch the last season of Jack Ryan because- the season before that lost me. Yeah. I am really over the whole national heroes, secret super spy, but now he's on the run from his own government. It's like, really? Like how many times are we going to do this? Like, it's like every time there's a big super spy or super agent thing. It's like eventually their own government thinks they're the bad guy and they're on their own. It's like, I, and I, I ditched it. I ditched the show. I really loved the first two seasons of Jack Ryan. I did. But after they started getting into that, I just ditched it and I never got back on it. All right, what's next?
1: From Dejos. While house-sitting, I binged all the Severance, nice. two seasons of Ted Lasso, and first season of The Bear. Holy crap, such amazing Jeez. shows. How dare they end Severance like that?
0: Oh, that was such oh. a perfect ending. You know why it was a perfect ending? Because it, it both completed a chapter while leaving it completely open-ended at the same time. Like it, like just think about it. They ended the season with them accomplishing the mission. Get word out. And then they did it while also having a big open ended cliffhanger. At the same time, I hate it when shows bring nothing to completion on their season finales. That always frustrates me. But they did a great job. Listen, there are some magnificent television out there right now. You just listed a couple of them Ted Lasso. Um, which, by the way, remember how we said when Ted Lasso was airing, it said, do you notice how it doesn't say series finale? It says season finale. Did you hear the director's comments? The guy who directed a bunch of episodes, he was basically saying, yeah, there's more to come. So so there's going to be more Ted Lasso at some point. But at, at any rate, but shows like Ted Lasso, The Bear, Severance, and many other, there is some world-class TV out there right now. By the way, all those things I just listed Written by WGA members, I get so fucking tired when I hear these imbeciles say stuff like, "Yeah, well, let the let the writers be like, all writing sucks now." You do realize all your favorite stuff is written by WGM members, right? You do realize that, you know, Last of Us was written by WGM members. You do know, of course, that The Bear is written by WGA members. You like everything that's great and awesome out there is written by WGA, so. Uh, yeah, of course, there's always going to be good and bad stuff. Of course there is. Always going to be good and bad stuff. But uh, nobody can do it better than they do. Mm, this is just thought. All right, let's take time for two more. What's next?
1: From Amin, any of you guys have or use Letterboxd? I was putting my 2023 film list together. I've only seen 12 so far, but number one for me is Spider-Verse, and number 12 is Shazam 2. Mm. Personally found it super generic and boring. What's your worst, least favorite film of the year
0: so far? Never use Letterboxd. I guess ask that about every two months. Um, I've gone to some of their events with Taylor, but that's, that's it. Uh, what is Letterboxd? Say it, but probably, yeah, what
2: is Letterboxd? Someone explain it.
0: Probably Fast 10. Mm. Mm. Probably Isn't Fast it? 10 is my word. I mean, I'd have to think about it. I'd have to sit down and look at the the list of all the movies this year, but... It's hard to imagine another movie other than Fast 10. If we're talking at least about theatrically theatrical released, I, th- I probably right now think that was the worst movie of the year.
1: Letterboxd is like a, a film social media platform, basically.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Last question of the day. What's next? All right. Uh, let's take Aaron here.
1: Oh, from Aaron. So apparently the judge dismissed the case of the guys who sued about Anna de Armas in the film yesterday. Oh. Does that mean studios will keep misleading people with their marketing?
0: No. The very, see, because the very fact, remember, there was an initial hearing where the studio tried to get the case dismissed before it went to trial. And now there is legal precedence that the judge in that matter said, nah, they have grounds to sue. It doesn't mean you're going to win the case, but there is grounds to sue. Without trying to get into politics, think in terms of what's going on with Donald Trump right now, right? there is a grand jury that looked at all the evidence heard from the representatives and looked at all the evidence and the grand jury said, yeah, there is evidence here that this individual needs to stand trial for these charges, that there's evidence. So that doesn't mean, that does not mean they lost the trial though. The trial hasn't started yet. It just meant that a a jury of citizens sat down, looked at all the evidence and said, yes, there is evidence here uh, to try and, you know, uh, bring this person to, to a trial. But there was an early decision that needed to be made. I remember we did a story about this when it happened because the studios try to say, look, this whole lawsuit should just be dismissed because there's no grounds for it. And the judge hearing that motion said, yeah, there is. You may or may not win, but there is grounds for this to move forward. That has put the studios on notice that you can't just blatantly lie uh, to your audience. Like you can't, put out marketing saying a big movie star like Anna de Armas is in your movie. And then Anna de Armas is not in the movie, right? So there's going to be things you can get away with, things you can't get away with. And just the very fact that this thing went to trial, I think is going to make all studios at least have it in the back of their head. How misleading is this? How, how bad is this? Like there's a difference between a misdirect and straight up deception, right? Those are two different things. And I think it's going to make studios have to think about that a little bit more because if one was able to go to trial, another one can as well. And then every case will have its own individual merits. This one, you know, the, the, the plaintiffs lost because of the individual merits of this case, but that doesn't mean another one would lose. So have to see how that goes. All right, guys. That'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campia Show podcast, thank you so much for being here and making this little show a part of your day. Big special thank you to our YouTube channel members, number one, for being YouTube channel members and supporting what we do, but also because you sent in these great fun topics for us to discuss. I want to thank the people in the room with me, Ray Ora. See you later. Jonathan Voico. See ya; Chris Carr. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, shake it off.